This is Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Mark Shank. So welcome back, guys, for uh, another episode of Anecdotally Speaking. It's, uh, again, another busy week. Mark, I believe you've been out you know, giving talks and back-to-back sort of activities. What's been going on? Yeah, so I uh, got back late last night and uh, been in Sydney running a uh, couple of keynotes for 320 people, but they were in two groups of 160. Uh-huh. So I got to do the same presentation, same 40-minute presentation twice in a row, and I've done it a number of times, this same format. Every time in the second presentation, I'm always wondering, have I said this yet? Did I tell that story already? And even though it doesn't sound like uh, that would be that much of a problem, when you're in the moment and the uh, the spotlights are on and you know all these eyes looking at you, it's like, wow, did I already say that? So <laughs> I was like, oops. Uh, and as it turns out, I didn't repeat myself. So I did get through it. Yes. You know, uh, one of the things I find it's, it helps so much is if you use your slide, if you just had like one or two words in it, you know, that old thing where the slide is just that little prompter to go, ah, yeah, I've got to, I've got to cover that. I've got to tell that story. But you don't want to go down the other path where you're writing everything on the slide, do you? Yeah, that's right. So the slides just are the trigger for the point you want to make on that slide. And so I guess that's one of the reasons why we can do it pretty well is because that's how we use slides, just yes. to, to trigger the point and there's normally a story associated with the point. Still, it is a bit of a disconcerting feeling when you're going, you're telling the story and you're thinking, did I just do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a funny thing too, you know, when you're under the pump like that, I a few years ago, uh, I got onto the show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And uh, I remember it well. You remember it well. And it was a funny thing. I, my my daughter got me onto the show and I, you know, I was going pretty well, actually. I answered the first, I think, four, maybe even five questions in a row. And, and the whole audience started to you know lean in. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Because you have to, to win the million dollars, you actually have to answer all the questions. I think there's 10 questions. And the, then the question came up, which I'm sure I knew the answer. But, of course, you just blank out. You've just got literally those spotlights on you. It's, you know, all the pressure and, and uh, got it wrong, got nothing. I was screaming. I was going... It's this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they say on that show there's only two types of answers, the ones people know and the ones they don't know, right? So now let's get on. And we want to to help build people's uh, story repertoires, Mark. That's what we're here for. And I believe you've got a great one for us. I shouldn't have said that, of course. You don't like me to say that. I don't like it. But I hear you have a fairly okay story. (laughs) And so why don't you you introduce it, get into it, let's hear it, and we'll have a chat about it. Yep, so the idea is we'll share the story, then we'll talk about why it works and how we can use it in business. Now, this example came from, was actually triggered by our first podcast episode. And uh, I got a Facebook message from a friend of mine, a guy I used to play football with years ago, and he shared this story and I've checked and he's completely fine for me to use it. His name's Sean McKenna, you know, he's an okay footballer, an average golfer. Um, (laughs) uh, He he was, uh, I met him in the world of Air Force logistics where I started my career. So this is the example he shared. It was a time when he was uh, working for a large logistics company and his state manager came to visit and uh, inspect their team's new trucks. And so he came to the site and on the site, it's compulsory to wear a high-vis vest. Right. Which is quite Pretty typical for those sort of environments, right? Yeah. So Sean escorted him uh, through the loading docks and he realized that the the state manager hadn't put the high-vis vest on. So he said... But we kept walking and every worker was looking. Everyone was watching. 
packers, forklift drivers, stock pickers, etc. And they all knew he was breaking the rules, but he was the big boss. So no one dared say anything, except Ray. Ray was the paperwork guy from the office. Right. And so he approached us politely and he pointed out to the big boss that he wasn't wearing a safety vest and handed him a vest. Good on you, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at the state manager and I'm thinking, what's going to happen here? Well, the state manager reached into his pocket and pulled out a card and gave it to Ray. And the card said, congratulations, you get a day off on full pay. Get out. Yeah. Really? And it was a deliberate strategy by the state manager to increase the visibility of, uh, of safety. And of course, it was a great reward for Ray. Now, Sean, of course, he said, you know, he finished the story by saying, now, I'll be honest, I got my backside kicked by the state manager. For not saying anything. For not saying anything. And, yeah. and quite rightly so. Yeah. Because, you know, they say that um, what you walk past becomes the new norm. Well, yeah. I didn't just walk past it. I walked alongside it. <laughs> yeah, right. And so uh, when it comes to safety, you don't get a pass from being killed or injured on site, no matter who you are. And he said that was a great lesson for him. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great story, isn't it? And especially, you know, the, the fact that there was someone who was willing to speak up, right? So let's think about what makes that a good story. You know, what's, what is it in that little story that, uh, you know, are the constituents for things that make it work? What do you reckon, Mark? What's, the, what's at your top of your list? Well, the first one is power. Power, yeah. Right, that power differential between the state manager and Ray, who's the paperwork guy from the office. Yes, and I guess the surprise that it's the kind of the, the guy way down the pecking order who's the one who actually stands up and does the right thing. Yeah, that's good. And as soon as that happens in that story, the listener is thinking, what's happening next, right? And the, the sign of a great story is when the audience is, is literally thinking what happens next. Because then they're, they're pulling the story to them. They're, you know, they're sort of they're with you at every step of the way through that story. So now you've got them totally engaged. So I think that's absolutely. And this thing about power, you know, it's one of my topics I love to talk about, right? Because it sits in that hierarchy of, of topics that we're fascinated with. And, you know, right under death and children and sex is power. And we love to tell stories about people in power. Yeah, so good one. Yeah, I like those. What else we got? Um, yeah, so what, what for you stuck out there apart from power? Well, I mean, I love the fact that the senior manager actually had, had it all ready, right? This guy, he pulls out the card. He knew that some he, – actually, he was hoping someone pulled him up, right? And so I think when Ray walked over and gave him the information and here's the viz jacket, you know, he was kind of relieved. So I, I love that element of it. I wasn't expecting that actually. You know, the pulling the card out of the pocket. Uh, so that was great. So it's um, a great example of, of what we call story triggering. Yes. He's triggered new stories about safety by setting up this little circumstance where he gets to highlight the importance of people speaking up. Yes, indeed. The other thing I kind of like about it is that, you know, it's a clear role model. It's, it's something that you could do as a leader yourself. You could actually go in there and reenact something like that which triggers a story to reinforce a point in your business and i think this is really this whole idea of story triggering uh, you know the heath brothers have come out with their new book which is called moments and it's really saying the same thing right what are the moments you can create for people he's created a he moment created for a moment yeah, yeah absolutely and it's a very memorable moment and here 
Sean is sharing it. Yeah. Years later. Yeah. So you know it works. Yeah. So this is no small thing uh, in terms of impact. It might be a small thing in terms of you know looking at it uh, from a, in a planning perspective, but the effect that it's had is uh, quite substantial. Yes. A great example of the saying: little things make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Now, what do you reckon in terms of where this might be told? You know, what would be a situation where this story would actually help you make your point? Oh, so uh, working with a, uh, a company in Sydney right now, just yesterday I was with the CEO talking about that culture change, moving from uh, reader to author, from somebody telling them what to do and then just sort of reading it and doing it to actually writing the story. And so getting everyone in the organisation to stand up and take accountability to make things happen. So great story about how this is what I want. I want the people at the coalface to be speaking up, highlighting opportunities, identifying those things that we can do to really drive customer service improvements. Yeah, definitely. And related to that, it's the, I think it's also a great example. Imagine you're in, a, in a, a meeting and people are you know scratching their heads about, okay, we need this new behaviour Really, we need to happening at our workplace in all sorts of different ways uh, for managers to actually do things to see if they can trigger that behaviour, right? It works in the safety world, but I would imagine it would work across a whole range of different um, environments and values and, and, and certainly the behaviours that you're after. So that would be something you could throw into the table as a, an example of an intervention, yeah. right? So I think that would be another yeah, place to use it. That's actually a really good one. What interventions can we do to create the culture change that we're looking for in this organisation? Yes. Here's an example. What could we do? What can we do? Yeah, using that as a template. I like it. The other one I like is that uh, for me, leadership does occur at all levels in an organisation. And if you can get people to recognise the fact that they are, everyone has a leadership role, this is a great example of that. Ray showed leadership, even though he's the guy pushing the paper in the office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, that's good. So there's, there's quite a few places you can you know, use that story. So uh, maybe we should summarise and sort of get a sense of what we've been saying here and then we'll give it a score, right? Okay. So what do you reckon, Mark? Well, in terms of summary, firstly, I like the fact that it was triggered by our first podcast. It is such a, uh, an example of a small event that's had a big impact and that it also has so many different applications. So I think we might have covered like six or seven applications in just a few minutes. So yes. um, very versatile story. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'm getting feedback from our listeners is that they really love the fact that the stories we're sharing are these small stories. Because I don't think they really grasped at first this idea that we're really you know, putting out there, which is you don't have to have the complex Hollywood story beautifully crafted with, you know, hero's journey structure and... You know, here we are talking about a story that you could literally tell in a minute. It's not a complex story, yet it can have such an impact. So for me, that's another, we didn't really talk about it in the content there, but it's, it's another key point. I think role modeling is going to be a, a, an important element of this. You know, these are the role models that you want. Uh, and then the, the idea that it's an intervention story, you know, it gives you a template for what you might be able to do elsewhere. Well, okay. what do you reckon, Mark? Um, your score for the story. Where would you put it? Well, look, so I know Sean McKenna is going to be listening to this, and so I'm really reluctant to give it a high score. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to. I'm going to give this uh, an eight and a half. 
An eight and a half, right. Yeah, you know, I, I reckon it's one of those really usable stories, yeah. right? I could I can see myself telling it. And, you know, when you're telling it, it's, you just have to say something like, I heard on the Anecdotally Speaking podcast or uh, there's a guy in a logistics uh, organisation. It's totally fine to use other people's stories, especially when we know that they're totally fine for them to be reused, right? Absolutely. Uh, so for me, it's an eight. An eight, definitely. So... There we are. That's another one for your uh, your story bank. And I guess what we really want you to do now is get open up that story bank, get this one down. Right? This is what it's about. But just putting it down is not going to help you remember it. Remember the three-step process. You've got to go and tell someone. You then have to have a bit of a conversation about it and then repeat it a few times. And it's locked in, right? You, you then have it to be told off the cuff. That's what you're after is those stories you can tell off the top of your head. So and, that's and what we want. One, one easy thing that people can do is yeah. uh, uh, go to the, uh, to the website, to anecdote.com forward slash podcast, because we're going to put this story up there and it'll be there. You can just copy it and paste it into your story bank. Yeah, that's right. That's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to make it a lot easier for you to build up your story bank. You'll just have the little uh, the text there, whack it in and away you go. Now, just before we leave, I just wanted to, I guess, let everyone know that one and Another way of getting information about you know, the work that you can do to improve your storytelling is to subscribe to our newsletter, right? Which is called Anecdotally. That's it. It all starts for it. There's a theme going on here. <laughs> so go to the website. Uh, I think it's just anecdote.com forward slash newsletter. But if you just went to anecdote.com, you'll find places to sign up to the newsletter. And what you'll get then is just a very practical, and I think this is what we've always focused on, what are the practical things you can do to you know, improve your stories, to get them out there and, and told on a regular basis. So try that out and um, you know, we really look forward to welcoming you to the, the Anecdote community. Yeah, so thanks for listening to Anecdotally Speaking and tune in next week for another episode on how to put stories to work.